you are listening to We Woke Up Like This. I'm Reverend Joya. And I'm Reverend Celia. And we, we are, are loyal to loving and supporting soul awakening in every human being. Hi, everyone. This is Joya. And I'm here by myself today because my poor friend Celia is not feeling well. And we wanted to keep our word and put out a podcast on every Tuesday. And I thought that I would talk about in awakening before you can even begin an awakening process or the process of being awake and staying awake, that the first step in that is to cultivate awareness. And awareness is metacognition, which is the point of mindfulness. So for those of you who don't know, I am a certified mindfulness trainer, and I've gone through uh, UCLA's MAP program. I've gone through uh, mindful schools, um, mindful exercises, and mindfulness-based stress reduction for teens training. So I've done a lot of mindfulness training, and I've practiced mindfulness for a very long time. And the point of mindfulness is to cultivate self-awareness. It's to cultivate uh, metacognition. It's to rewire your brain. You can rewire your how your brain reacts to uh, stimulus. So between there, the stimulus and the response is where your power lies. And it's really so that you can move from uh, react to response. And I like the word react because I'm having a reaction to something like the clue is in the word, right? I'm reacting. I'm doing the same thing over and over and over again. Somebody's pushing a button and I react in a way that doesn't require any thought versus a response to respond is to choose how you're going to interact with whatever that stimuli was. So there's so much power when you can get to that space where you create a literal space in your brain between something pushing your button to your choosing to respond or not to respond. Sometimes not a response is a perfect response. But in order to get there, it requires practice. You have to practice to rewire the brain because we are wired Uh, (laughs) since a very young age, how to react, what is dangerous to us, what pushes our buttons, what pushes our emotional buttons. And that's why becoming embodied is so important and embodying your light body in your physical body, because your emotions are stored in the physical body. So with a mindfulness practice, part of that is learning to become aware of where you feel a button being pushed because oftentimes you can feel your body reacting before something comes flying out of your mouth or before your hands go flying to hit someone or whatever it is. So when you can really tune in and think of anger, for instance, you can really feel where anger arises in your body. You can feel it as a bodily response. Oftentimes before you feel it, as the emotional response and as you, before you begin reacting. And I'm sharing this because cultivating self-awareness is one of the most important things that you can do for yourself. And to tell you that it's a slow practice. We don't wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden 
we think differently or we perceive differently or we're aware differently. It can seem like that (laughs) unless something really drastic happens that shifts your, that like just rocks your world. But those are usually not pleasant experiences when we have those things happen, where change happens really fast, where the rug has been pulled out from under you. You know, it could be uh, so many things, a death of a spouse, the death of a child, an illness, an accident, um, finding out a spouse is cheating on you and you never thought that they would ever have an affair. Finding out that it's any kind of in untruth from somebody else when you thought they were another way is a, is a world-shattering, paradigm-changing experience. And my point is that when things happen fast like that, they're usually unpleasant. And so we can look to nature at the pace of transformation from the time that we plant a seed to the time that the flower blooms is actually happening moment by moment, even though the changes may be imperceptible to the naked eye. And that exact truth is also true of us, that it's the very act of practicing that change is happening, that transformation is happening, that self-awareness is being cultivated. And so it can be like every time you choose to do an exercise where you're going to consciously breathe in that time frame of conscious practice is where the rewiring is happen happening it's where the transformation is occurring and it can seem painstakingly slow and the hardest part is that when the transformation does begin to happen and we know we want to change a behavior. So let's say that we have a a behavior that we know is unhealthy for us and we know we want to change this behavior and we, we say we want to change this behavior. We feel like we want to change this behavior. And we do for every day we wake up and we're super aware of something we want to change. We want to change this behavior. We're not going to do something or we are going to do something. I'm going to go to the gym today. And then the afternoon rolls around and you somehow talk yourself out of it. Or conversely, you talk yourself into doing the thing you said you wanted to stop doing. But then the day comes when you realize It's going to take a little bit of discipline. You're going to have to say no to yourself or say go to yourself, one of the two things. And that that's where practice really steps up. And it moves from the realm of mental practice now into the realm of physical practice. And so I'm going to practice exercising today. I'm going to practice not eating chocolate today. I'm going to practice not drinking alcohol today. I'm going to practice not spending money today. I'm going to practice um, whatever it is. There's so many, so many things that people want to change. So whatever it is for you, in that choice, that moment of choice that arises to decide to do something or not to do something, and you choose to act in favor of transformation, Transformation is happening and it might not be easy, but then it gets easier the next time and easier the next time and easier the next time and easier the next time because we are what we practice. 
But that doesn't necessarily mean that in the beginning it's easy or that you wake up and you feel all joy and light and, and all the bad negative stuff has dropped away. It can be that simple, but for most of us, it's not. I guess it depends on how stubborn you are or how much ego is ruling you. But this cultivation of self-awareness is the foundation. It's the most important thing so that you constantly are aware of what you're thinking about. You're aware of what you're choosing to do, what action you're taking in the world. Because most people live on autopilot where they aren't aware of what they're thinking and that those thoughts are driving what they're doing or not doing. They're just on autopilot, unconscious, unaware, thinking that everything stays the same. But the reality and the truth is that just like the seed is slowly transforming moment by moment, so too are we transforming moment by moment, whether we're transforming toward expansion or transforming toward contraction is completely up to us. So find a way to practice awareness, awareness training. And mindfulness training doesn't have to be done with your eyes closed meditating. You can consciously choose that I'm going to stay aware of everything I'm thinking about, everything I'm noticing, and just kind of observe what's happening. I'm going to notice what's happening to me through my senses in the moment because that's the invitation to tune into the present moment are our senses. We can only hear right now. We can only smell right now, taste right now speak right now, feel right now. And it's very interesting that most of our senses are right in our head, our tongue, our ears, our eyes, and they're all tied and wired into our brain that's taking in all this data and believe it or not, is deleting most of it because of your, your brain's neurons are either activating or inhibiting. And most of the time they're inhibiting. And that means that they're deleting everything that you, your brain has decided is not relevant to your perception of reality. So when we cultivate higher awareness, expanded awareness, we can ask ourselves, what else am I not noticing right now? What am I not letting in? What am I not seeing? What am I not hearing? What am I not listening to? So the game, if you want to gamify it, is to choose something to do. And during that time, you're going to choose to keep your attention completely on whatever it is you're doing. Driving your car is a good, great place <laughs> to practice mindfulness. I'm going to stay super present right now while I'm driving in what I'm thinking and what I'm noticing and what I'm doing. I'm going to stay super present right now while I'm doing the dishes and what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what I'm doing. I'm going to stay super present right now while I take the trash out 
what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what I'm doing. And that's really the whole secret right there is the thoughts, the feelings, and the actions. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? And what am I doing? And are they in alignment with what I say I want? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What am I doing? I like to acronym it the other way and say fat, trim the fat, feelings, actions, and thoughts, because it's easy to remember. What fat do I need to trim from what I'm doing? What feelings, actions, and thoughts? And keep yourself in alignment. So the game is in the beginning when you, if you're just learning to cultivate awareness and attention is to gamify it and set a timer if you need to. And just notice how many times your mind wanders off from what you said you were going to do, that you're going to pay attention. And then you'll notice, oh my gosh, my mind totally wandered off and I forgot to notice that I was noticing. And when that happens, just gently bring your attention and your awareness back. And this is the whole practice of just constantly pulling our attention and our awareness back to the present moment, back to the present moment, back to whatever's happening, back to being observing, back to noticing, back to watching. Because this part of ourselves loves to wander off. It's like a a two-year-old that you don't have on a leash that just goes wandering off if you don't keep an eye on them. They're like, where'd they go? Oh, they're over in the toy section. <laughs> Gotta go find my kid. And the same thing is true of our, of our thoughts and our feelings. Because you can notice how a, a thought can trigger a feeling and then that feeling is like a hook that gets stuck in us because those feelings are embodied. And then if we get that hook in us from a feeling, then we start telling ourselves a story about that feeling and then we just embed that feeling even more. So that's why this, this practice is so important because you can stop yourself from engaging in those kinds of acts of self-harm, of repeating stories and repeating traumas, and instead choose to come present. And if you do notice those areas of tension, that you can calm your nervous system by taking some deep breaths. The breath is the secret gateway to all of it. Conscious breathing, just consciously taking six deep breaths, inhaling for the count of six, holding for four, and exhaling for six. Do that a couple of times and you'll feel so much better because when we're tense from our thoughts or our feelings and we've gotten ourselves hooked, we tense up. And when we tense up, we're, we're not breathing. We're breathing shallow. We're sending off the fight flight. We've triggered our amygdala that something's dangerous for us. So this practice of awareness helps you to notice when you do that. I was out walking. I live in Arizona and I was out walking on the trail and I noticed, um, well, maybe about 25 feet in front of me, there was this thing in the side on, on the trail that looked like a snake. And it scared me very much so. Like I stopped and I gasped and I, oh, and I could feel that adrenaline rush that you get 
And then I looked again and it was just a stick. And I started laughing, but I thought, how many other things in my life do I think are a snake and I'm reacting ready to run or fight when the reality is it's just a stick and cultivating awareness helps us to notice when something is just a stick that we can question our own thinking. We can question our own feelings. We can question if it's true And that's one of my favorite exercises that I learned in mindfulness was acknowledging your feelings and saying, okay, this is real because I'm experiencing this, but is it true? And I think it's the Byron Katie exercise, maybe even originally real, but true. How do I know it's true? What's the evidence supporting that this is true, that I'm reacting this way? How do I know for sure? Especially if we're having these, having thoughts and feelings and reactions about other people in our lives. Like, how do I know for sure that what I'm thinking about what they're thinking or what they're feeling is even true? And if it's someone you're in a close relationship with, obviously ask them, this is what I'm thinking is going on. Is this correct? Is my perception on this correct? Perception checking. I just want to perception check myself. And I can guarantee you that most of the time, what you thought is not what's true. And here we are all over here reacting like there's a a snake when it's just a stick, (laughs) getting ourselves all worked up. So it's not just for... Conflicts that awareness is good. It's also for expansion, expanding our perceptions. Because like I said, our, our neurons and our brain, our, all that information is coming in through all of our senses and our brain is just deleting it. Delete, 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 delete. Not relevant, not relevant. Delete, delete, delete. So when we create more expansiveness inside of us, we can hold more experience. We can hold more light. We can hold more love. We can hold more joy. We can hold more pleasure. We can hold more sadness. We can hold more grief. We can just hold more. And let it pass through because we don't identify with it. I have a feeling. Feeling is not me. There's such a difference in that. You know, and at the end of mindfulness, and I think that this is really what led to my own uh, spiritual awakening was at the end of mindfulness, after practicing for many years, cultivating awareness, self-awareness, metacognition, being aware of what I'm paying attention to and questioning what I'm noticing. Um that then it was, well, who's doing all this noticing? What is this thing I call self? The ultimate question, who am I? What am I? What are we? And I was really to have, able to have this zoomed out perspective of almost like you've seen that Google 
if you've seen that Google um, video, maybe I'll see, I'll see if I can find it and post it below this podcast where you zoom in from or zoom out from a person to their house, to their neighborhood, to their city, to their county, to their state, to their country, to their continent, to the world, to the moon in the world, to the planets, to our solar system, to our galaxy. And we realize how freaking tiny we are. and how vast space is. And to me, when I had this awareness, I thought, oh my gosh, life is so precious. Life on this planet is so precious that to come upon a planet like Earth in the vastness of space must be like trudging through the Sahara Desert and you stumble upon a beautiful rose bush. And wouldn't you just be in awe? How is this rosebush growing here? It's so beautiful. And I really had that feeling, and I still have that feeling, of how tiny. Not just I am, but how tiny this planet is. <laughs> And that we together, collectively, can awaken to just a much more beautiful way of living that sees this bigger picture, that sees the preciousness and the temporariness of all of it. That in the spans of time, we're like a firefly's butt blink. And if you think about it that way, then your days become precious and there is no time to waste. And it's the moments become precious and, that, and time slows down. And that's the other thing that cultivating awareness does is that in this very busy, very speedy world where everything is going by so fast and the days go by in the blink of an eye and the weeks and the months and the years that when you cultivate this inner expansiveness, time slows down because you're in the present moment. You're in the now. And you can also cultivate this feeling, this knowing, this really fascinating feeling. I wonder if there's a word for it. I'm sure that there is, but it's this awareness that on the planet right now, in this moment, everything is happening at once. Everything wonderful and blissful and everything that is the most horrific thing you could possibly think of is happening all at this moment right now. All this myriad of experience, the energy of the collective consciousness. And how important it is that we each take total personal responsibility, response, ability, be able, be able to respond 
to our own lives. That we heal our traumas, that we forgive other people, we forgive ourselves, and we change our perceptions by changing our awareness. And when you change your awareness, you change your attitudes and your attitudes are the filters for your mind. Your attitude is the filter of your perception. It's the lens of your perception. And even in your house or your car, if you have a dirty filter, you change it. And the same is very true of our minds and our eyes and our, our perceptions of reality. And you can clean your perception of reality to see with those eyes the attitude of awe, wonder, curiosity, reverence, gratitude. And if your mind has become focused that those are the energetic vibrations that it's filtering reality through changes your experience. Changes your experience. When you change your experience, you change what you're creating. Nobody is a fixed thing. Nobody is a solid self. It's constantly fluid and dynamic and changing, even if it doesn't seem like it. Some people get stuck. But they're stuck in an untruth. Because every single day, breath by breath, choice by choice, moment by moment, we are all changing and transforming and we're either expanding or we're contracting. So I wasn't really sure what I was going to talk about by myself alone on this podcast, but that's what it is. It's, it's awareness, cultivating awareness, and why to practice the cultivation of awareness and to make it fun. You can do it through movement, walking. You can do it really in anything that you're doing because every moment you're right here, <laughs> right now, right here, right now is always the invitation to come present to train the ego to be in service of an awakened heart. Awakened different filters so that you no longer see the snakes everywhere, you see sticks. And then if a real snake comes along you go, oh look, there is a snake right there. How interesting, okay, well I'm gonna go the other way. No need to freak out. I have a lot of practices on my website and on my YouTube channel. I love to use sound, sound healing as effortless meditation and effortless change because with sound, the vibrational patterns are vibrating our cells 
vibrating our etheric field, our bioenergy field, and our physical body. So that when we hold an intention for healing, we're literally repatterning ourselves. And sound has helped me to repattern and transform and make massive changes far easier, I think, than I could have done up without using the healing power of sound. I also have a free program that I've been putting out um, that I created. I was called to do it. There's a book that I love called Unconditional Love and Forgiveness by Dr. Edith Stouffer. And it's the Beatitudes, the, the original Aramaic Beatitudes. So I've been recording that and uploading it to wewokeuplikethis.com. So you are also more than welcome to go there and download the meditations, download the worksheets, listen to the book. I've recorded it chapter by chapter. And we're not going to get it just by listening. We're not going to get it just by hearing someone talk about it. We have to experience it. And I also think, actually, I know that that's one of the reasons that I love doing sound for people and and performing sound baths coupled with intentions for healing because it's experiential. And if you're not experiencing it, if you go and listen to Unconditional Love and Forgiveness and you don't use the practices, it's like going to a dinner party and having somebody just describe the dinner for you, but you don't actually eat it. You have to experience it. You have to do the practices. And yes, it requires a conscious effort in the beginning until new habits are cultivated and new ways of being are created. But it happens. And I'm living proof. And I have a lot of clients and friends who are also living proof of transformation, conscious transformation happening because we have within us a conscious intention, a seed of intention, just like, just like a seed for every plant on this planet has the intention, the consciousness of it planted in it to be what it is. We too have that. And that the difference is with humans, we get to consciously cultivate and groom and grow ourselves. How amazing is that? All we got to do is practice, 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 practice. You are what you practice. You are what you practice. So who are you practicing being? And if you want to practice doing something low vibration, at least do it consciously. (laughs) At least don't lie to yourself. That too is cultivating self-awareness. I'm aware that I'm doing this thing. And I could tell you, it takes the fun out of it (laughs) when you bring awareness to it and it's not healthy for you and you know you shouldn't be doing it, but you choose to do it. It really helps you to change it when you bring that energy to it. So I invite you, dear listeners, to find an awareness practice, cultivate awareness, 
Practice being aware. Practice noticing. Go for a walk around your block and notice things. And if you're fortunate enough to have a small child, take a small child on a walk. They notice everything. And take time with them and notice what they notice. They see things and notice things that your brain deleted. I can assure you. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, If you're interested in the uh, book that I've been recording, the Unconditional Love and Forgiveness book, it's at wewokeuplikethis.com forward slash ULF. It's short for Unconditional Love and Forgiveness, ULF as in Frank, or F as in Forgiveness, I guess. And all of the practices are there. So with that, Celia will be with me next week with chapter two of The Way of Mastery. And I'm sending everyone just compassion, love, light, awareness, especially the awareness of just how amazing you are. All right. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to We Woke Up Like This. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. Oh, and don't forget to drop us a comment and ask a question. And go to wewokeuplikethis.com to join the Soul Awakened community. See you next time. Bye. Bye.